What is going on? What is going on, podcast family? This is your host of the No Name Just Game podcast, Dre LLC. And we are back with another, another great episode. And usually, this is when I interview, introduce rather, <laughs> introduce one of our amazing guests that we have in the studio. But today, today is going to be a special episode. You know why it's going to be a special episode? Because you guys just get me. Right, it's gonna be a solo episode. I'm gonna be going into some things that I think could be very, very helpful. Right, we're going to be going over. We're going to be going into things that can help you move faster. Like we're mostly going to be talking about entrepreneurs. I'm use you know business as a kind of parallel because again, it is the space that I'm in. But you take these things to heart. You use these things. These things that we're gonna talk about today on this episode. And regardless of the field, I believe everybody can have success. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into it, right? Like I said, this episode will be about three things. I'll be going over three things to increase output in whatever your chosen field is, right? So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it, right? So we're going to be talking about things that can help you move faster, whether it's business, whether it's life, whatever the case may be, right? You know, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're in somebody else's entrepreneur endeavor, if you're working, you know, these tips I think can help you too. So let's go ahead and get started. The first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to increasing your output is just increasing your effort, right? A lot of people sleep on that one, right? A lot of people don't realize how little it takes to actually be in the top percentile, right? So we're going to start with just a statistic that's been on my head recently, like one that really caught me by surprise, but it made sense when I heard it, right? And what this statistic is, is simply stating that if you put 100 hours into a given field, whatever it may be, into a given area of study, a given expertise, right? You put 100 hours into it, you will be better than 95% of people in that field, right? 100 hours. And I know there are two different people listening to this podcast. One person said, 100 hours? What? That's insane. Like, 100 hours is a lot. And then somebody else heard this statistic like me. Like, what? A hundred hours? And I could be better than 95% of the people in a field? Being the top 5%? Better than the top 10%, top 5%. Right? You're in a room of 100 people in that field. Only four other people will be on your level. With just a hundred hours of study. And I, I want to break that down. I want to get into that. I want to make it a little deeper because we're going to start We're gonna start with help trying to explain it for the people who don't get it. Like 100 hours, that's a lot. It's really not a lot, right? A lot of people, and this study was done a while ago with college students, that most college students spend up to at least four hours study, not studying, wouldn't be studying, just mindlessly watching things on YouTube. Right. Things that aren't in a field that they're trying to get better at aren't things that for them to learn to improve, just like videos that they're not even interested in watching. Right. The study was done amongst students amongst college age. Right. College age students. And again, 
four hours a day on things that, again, they're not even interested in seriously, right? And people hear 100 hours, that's a lot. But if you do one hour a day for 100 days, which is a little over a quarter of the year, right? So a little over three months, you'll be top, top 5% in whatever field, right? And again, for people who have more time, if you do five hours a day, and this is not even seven days a week, but five hours a day, five hours a week, in five weeks, you will be putting in 100 hours. For the people that really have a lot of time, say, okay, I have something that I'm seriously interested in. I'm trying to dive in. I'm trying to be better than most early. Seven hours a day. We do it all the time. People put in seven hours a day at school. People put in seven hours a day at work. So you have the ability to produce that output, right? Seven hours, five days a week. Again, not seven days a week. And you'll be in one week. You will be indeed a third, over a third of the hundred hours that you need to be successful in a given field, right? And this is just one week, right? Seven hours a day. I know there are people who like seven hours a day. What? That's a lot. But again, we did it for years in school, right? Some people are still in school listening to this. So seven hours a day. And in a week, you'll be putting in 35 hours, right? 35 hours over a third of that 100 hours. You do that for three weeks. And whatever field that you want to go into, whatever field that you want to be proficient in, you'll be, again, better than 95% of that field, right? 100 hours. So the thing that leads next the thing that that leads into is fact number two or bullet point number two however you want to put it right which is people like okay a hundred hours how do I possibly get to a hundred hours what do I do and my thing the first thing that I would tell people who want to make a serious change you're trying to make a radical shift trying to really improve something quicker rather sooner rather than later term a lot of people like to use phrase a lot of people like to use so let's put it that way for the people who want to improve sooner rather than later what's the one big domino that they can use or whatever to improve their output to make getting to those 100 hours easier and what that would be is changing your environment getting a room where people actually are studying whatever their thing may be for you if you're into finance, if it's day trading, if you're into, you know, arts and crafts, if you're into whatever the whatever it may be, right? Get into a room with people who are already interested in it. People who are already doing it. Because if you find people who are interested in the same things as you, let's just say you do, you know, four hours a day, right? That four hours will go by a lot faster. It'll be a lot easier. And it'll be a lot better because it'll be more than just one head going at it. If you get in a room of people who also are interested in the same things as you. Right? So that's one thing that you can do. Right? There's one big factor that you can do if you're trying to increase your input. Number two 
is environment, right? You want to change your environment. You want to control your environment, right? And I have a statistic slash story that outlines this perfectly, right? And I have the um, article next to me, actually, where I, where I found this stat. So one of my favorite books, right, one of the books I read early in my personal development journey, right, one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits, right? And it sets out, it says, in 1971, in the Vietnam War, right? So this is the 1970s. At this point, a lot of people thought drug addiction was irreversible, right? This is 1971 in the Vietnam War, right? The government came to a shocking realization that 35% of soldiers in Vietnam had tried heroin. 15 were heroin addicts. 20% of people were addicted. So 20% of people were addicted. 15 people were heroin addicts. But the, ah, I'm, I'm messing up the numbers. But the point is 35% of people had tried it and 15 to 20% of people was addicted, right? We're just going to keep it real simple, right? And at this point, at this point in history, a lot of people thought overcoming drug addiction was like impossible so if somebody is addicted to drugs in this time like people thought there was no getting past it right people thought there was the end of it so when they realized that a third of soldiers had tried heroin they thought it was going to be a huge problem right so they came up with a task force to track what happened with soldiers when they got them back to the states and the results were very very shocking and almost completely opposite of what they believed, right? So at that point, when people got addicted to heroin, 90% of people at that time at least were believed that they would never be the same. Like, they addicted for life, right? And when soldiers got back to the United States, those weren't the statistics that they ran into at all. So within a year of getting back to the States, only 5%. Of soldiers tried heroin again. Only 5% was actually trying to get into it again. And in three years, only 12%, right? So, again, 90% of people up to this point, they believed, like, once you was addicted, you're addicted forever. And the soldiers coming home showed a number completely opposite of that. So not 90% addicted when they got back. 90% beat their addiction when they got back. And people would think, how could they be? Well, the thing is, when they was in the Vietnam War, times were, it was a completely different situation, environment than they was dealing with when they was in the United States. They were literally in war. So there's bombings going on. There's people shooting at them. They have friends, family members that went to war with them that aren't coming home. All of these things are make up for a very, very stressful environment. Right. So they have a lot of stress in Vietnam where when you come back, a lot of those things aren't going on anymore. So they're not in war. They're not in war when they get back to the United States. They're not in gun battles all the time. They don't have family members dying violently around them. 
right? So what is this? This is a completely different environment. These are completely different things that they're dealing with, right? So since they left the stresses and things and problems that they were dealing with in the Vietnam War, right, 90% of them, the reason that they were doing drugs is because of all these things that was going on, right? Because all these drastic, terrible things were going on, a lot more people was apt to try. It was a lot easier to access. When they got back to the United States, it was harder to access. They had less reason to use it, less stress. And they're not in the same environment that they was in when they was over there. So what does that lead to? A change in behavior, right? So one of the biggest things that you can do if you're trying to change your behavior is change your environment. And another study that I want to uh, reference to draw this point home because it's like, it really crystallizes the point, right? And they did a study. It, there was a long time when I heard about this, so. You know, I don't remember the year. I don't remember those things. But they did a study on rats, right? And they gave them two versions of water. One was regular water and one was cocaine water. They realized when the rat wasn't in the rat's natural environment, so you pull it away from a hamster wheel to run on, a big cage to run around in, like an intimate relationship. So that's a girlfriend or a rat girlfriend for it to have friends and things to play with in the cage. When it was only the rat, all it had was the two versions of water, it overdosed on the cocaine water. But when you put the rat back in its natural environment, so that means it has a girlfriend to play with, it has a hamster wheel to run on, a lot of space, a lot of friends and things to play with, the rat wasn't even interested in the cocaine water. Like, the rat, as soon as it realized what it was, as soon as it realized there was a regular water and there was a water that made their mental state different, the rat chose the regular water every time when it was in this natural environment. So what does that tell you? That environment is one of the biggest invisible hands that shape our Reality is shape our actions on the day in and day out. So if you're trying to make a drastic shift in your life, one of the big levels that you can pull is changing your environment, right? Changing your environment. And then the last thing, the last thing that if you're really trying to improve your output, right? And this is more for business owners, right? But anybody can take it, you know. The example is just easiest to understand as a business owner, right? People, a lot of times, think that the biggest part and the biggest reason that people decided to buy their product was because of marketing and sales. And I have not, well, at least the high-ticket things that I bought. And I've bought things, five figures, multiple four figures, like, that you have to pay for in cash today, not on payment plans, Right? And I wasn't marketed or sold any of these things, right? You know why I bought them? Because the product was exceptional. I realized the value and things that I would gain from them, right? So for business owners, a lot of people think if I want to get more customers, I need to improve my sales and my marketing. I want to get more customers. I need to get in front of more people. 
And the biggest lever that most people have in their business is making their product better. Because I want to lay it to you like this. How many things have you promoted, told other people that they need to go buy and they was giving you no commission? Like, I know there are multiple people who endorse, like, bro, you have to get a Mercedes. Mercedes is cutting them no check. So many people. Like, if you don't have an iPhone, you tripping. And I'm one of those people. Like, I have probably more Apple products than most, right? Apple has not sent me a dollar for telling people to get an iPhone. And everybody around me, I've pretty much, like, not made, like, forced to get an iPhone. But, like, if you don't have an iPhone, you tripping. And I've said it enough times that almost everybody around me has an iPhone, right? Mom, dad, not just the people around me my age who you would feel like get it and are a part of the movement. No, pretty much everybody. And Apple has sent me no payment. Why do I do it? Because I believe Apple makes exceptional products, right? So it's the same thing for your business, right? Your customers, not only will they pay you, they will tell your they friends that they need to pay you. They will tell their family that they need to pay you if your product is good, if your product is exceptional, right? So a lot of people think that increasing their marketing arm is the best and only way to increase LTV with a customer, to gain more customers. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true, right? The biggest lever that most people have increasing their business, increasing their customer flow, increasing their deal flow is simply having a better product, right? And we don't have time to get into it, you know, today, all the things that you can do to increase your product. But I guarantee you, if you're a business owner and you sit down and you really think, where are the constraints in my business? And you just focus on fixing it. Not about the thing, focus on the things that you don't know. Focus on fixing the things that you do know about. The problems and constraints that you do know that your business has. And it increase your business more than pretty much any marketing strategy that you could come up with. Because your customers will get you customers. All right? And those are the three levels that I think can help business owners, people in general, people who are interested in whatever chosen field increase at the fastest rates, right? So if there's something else or one of these things you wish I went in too deeper, right, let me know in the comments, right? If there was a fact that you feel like or a bullet point that you feel like would be a huge increase, help business owners a lot, right? Comment, right? So with that being said, that is another episode of the No Name Just Game podcast, right? I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you take these things, implement them. Not only make you, not only make your business better, but make you better, right? Because every system only grows to the point of the constraint. And I know a lot of business owners don't want to hear this and me too. I'm not saying it's like I'm excluded, but systems grow to the point of they constraint. And a lot of businesses constraint are the CEO, owner, and founder, right? And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a great thing 
because there's nothing you can improve at a faster rate than you can improve you, right? There's nothing that you can improve at a faster rate than you can improve you, right? So with that being said, this is another episode of the No Name Just Game podcast. This is your host, Dre LLC. I appreciate you all for coming, spending the time with us, right? This is another episode, and we are out. We'll see you on the next one.